Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry. Well, hello. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I am James, and once again on this fine broadcast, joined by my co-host, Mike. What's up, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> I got to throw that in there all, every once in a while. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what is up? That, that reminds me of uh, we're getting ready. Our church is getting ready for our... Um, our annual men's retreat and I was put in charge this week of, uh, or this year of actually doing activities. Like I'm the activities coordinator for this. So we have a cabin, uh, out in the middle of nowhere, which is cool. And there's a, a big fire pit and, um, it's just so funny to me because I decided that I was going to try and bring one of those giant inflatable screens and so we're talking, we we're talking today about what movies to bring. And of course, anytime <laughs> I start thinking, well, you know, just something funny, like, you know, Bugs Bunny or, you know, that's what, that's why I thought of the what's up doc, but I'm like hey, something, what's up doc, <laughs> <laughs> something, something zany or something, you know, and of course everybody starts throwing out, Oh, the princess bride, you know, and this yep. and that. And I'm like, there are some movies that are just overused, like and and they're funny exactly, and they were funny. Not exactly but, fitting for a men's retreat either. <laughs> well, that's true too. But, uh, I don't know. Somebody, somebody screamed out, uh, my, I think Monty Python and, <laughs> And, uh, and that sort of thing, but anyhow, uh, so thanks for, for hanging out with us. Thanks for joining. And, uh, as always, if you're listening at a a later time on one of the podcast platforms or on YouTube, feel free to click the like and subscribe button. Uh, that helps us out a lot, uh, with our algorithm with Google and, um, also lets you know when we're, when we're online and when, uh, we have new content coming out, which is, Typically about once a week, we usually do this on Sunday, uh, this broadcast on Sunday evenings live and uh, certainly take your your questions, your comments. And uh, if there's 
something that you would like us to discuss, feel free to reach out to us. We, we do try and rotate topics often, but oftentimes someone will reach out and say, Hey, you know, you guys haven't talked about this or maybe have this guest on or that sort of thing. So it's always nice to, uh, to be able to do that. And occasionally in the, in the groups, we do list polls where you can go and vote on, um, just different topics that are important to you. And so we, we take that feedback, uh, very seriously and we're always looking at it and tweaking our schedule and trying to adjust accordingly and, and, uh, try to provide content that is, uh, helpful and then certainly uh, a blessing to you and your team and your ministry. But as always, you're welcome to reach out uh, to us if we can help you in your ministry uh, th- through our website. That's probably the easiest way, um, the contact portion, and that is um, churchsafetyguys.com. And then also you can reach out to us through our church security app, which is downloadable on uh, Google and uh, iOS platforms. And as always, um, you know, consider if you're so inclined for your team, consider uh, maybe making a donation through our website or uh, anytime you purchase one of our resources online through Amazon, that helps us out immensely uh, because 100% of that uh, that comes in goes straight back to other churches and, um, you know, certainly helps us Uh, help bless them. So um, I know a lot of times, you know, folks, folks will talk to us and ask us about that. And, you know, Mike and I don't, you know, we don't get paid. We don't take a paycheck for, um, for doing this. It's just kind of something that we're passionate about. And honestly, most of the folks um, that we serve with, we do, you know, we do serve with, it's not, you know, we do the best that we can with our resources and try and, and get out and help churches. But, you know, we're, we're here. We, we do stuff just like you all. In fact, actually before the episode, we were just talking about some stuff coming up between both of our families and churches and that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, oftentimes we have to have to tweak the schedule and adjust because of church activity. Life, right. So yep. we do everything. We try and do everything live on Sunday night. So when we're available, you know, we do, we do the best we can. So. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's many years now at this point and many seasons. So it, it right. we're learning, we're <laughs> learning uh, con- in true fashion, continuous improvement. We're learning ourselves through the calendar, through different timing. And, and so now it's, we've evolved from, almost every single Sunday to uh, just some holidays off to uh, just some time around the holidays and Christmas to uh, taking some time as a little bit of a summer break, as well as a little bit of a kind of uh, end of year break as well. So both those have, have kind of been positive to invest more of our time with our, our local teams, invest more of our time with our families around those times so it's uh, it's been a learning experience, but I think it, it's good. But whenever possible, we we certainly try to be on air and 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 help the folks out out there out. We do, and that's what you know. Most most podcasts broadcasts, if you look at it, um, typically they they usually run about a quarter. Um, so they'll run twelve, usually about twelve episodes a year. 
uh, or a quarter and then another 12 the following. So typically that schedule, that rotation usually runs about 24 episodes a year. And we usually average about 43, <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> so, you yeah, know, I mean, unless you're kind of throwing out tiny, little, tiny, little piddly things. Uh, sure. Mean, uh, it's too little and it's like, okay, fine. If you just want some snackable content while you're on the treadmill or something, that's one thing. But if you really want some substance, then you're talking greater than a half an hour or as we do, we, we try to put out close to an hour each week. So it's, uh, it's a lot different planning for and preparing for, and then even adding the guest component adds its own layer of, uh, detail to prepare for. For sure. For sure. So we wanted to talk on this broadcast. We wanted to talk a little bit about um, summer, summer strategy, preparing for 2024 kind of coming out. Um, We've had a few folks from different churches reach out to us and talk to us about uh, getting ready for next year. Um, We've had a few folks reach out to us and ask us about training. Those of you that have been uh, blessed with uh, a budget, oftentimes the fourth quarter in October, that's usually when the church is trying to establish the budget for the following year. And so um, there's been a few things that I think have kind of uh, come together uh, more recently in regards to that. So we were kind of like, you know what, let's talk about that. Um, the other thing I think uh honestly, what's interesting. And I was, I was actually talking to John Riley about this, this week, and he and I may do a more specific video on it, uh, together in the future. But, um, it's amazing to me how much stuff happens. You know, we, we try and prepare our our churches and we try and go through training and different things like that. But it's always amazing to me how, how many things happen in our regular life that overlap with that. And it's like, you know, yeah. I, I've gone and done training and then turned around and found out that this is very applicable with maybe something that's happening, not in the church environment. Um, and for me this week, I know Mike, you've got a story to, to talk about. Um, but for me this week, one of the big things was de-escalation, and it seems like there, there's been, I think two or three things that have happened to me this week where, um, they just went horribly wrong. And, you know, one, one was, one was, uh, purchasing a vehicle. Uh, and for those of you that, uh, are out there listening, you know, how horrible it is. I, I think I, I would probably put car salesmen right up there with lawyers, although <laughs> maybe just I, above root canal. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think, I think I'd prefer the root canal because I, I, I actually, get usually get uh, knocked out for that <laughs> and um get nitrous oxide right but the the crazy thing to me is that I, I actually know more attorneys and have a higher thought for attorneys than car salesmen but anyhow so we've been having mike's heard heard my my groans and complaints about this the last couple of weeks we have had a black cloud over our family about vehicles And right. And so, I mean, literally, like even my pastor commented to me and said, wow, you guys, you're having a really tough time this year. And so um, thankfully, we found a vehicle that we we thought 
you know, God really provided in a great way. Um, we were able to actually purchase it and I was able to, to get rid of a couple vehicles that were on the way out. And, you know, as a family, you know, we were able, one of our big things is when we purchase a vehicle, we want to bless others with it. Like our focus has been, you know, we want to use it for the church. We want to do, we want to use it for ministry because God's given it to us as a resource. And so we were able to do that today, which was phenomenal with the church. But in this process, in purchasing this, this vehicle, I had to deal with a car salesman and that car salesman messed up our paperwork. And so again, it was one of those things where, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't planned. It wasn't great. But at the end of the day, I ended up finding myself in a conversation with that individual that I was really de-escalating the conversation because he actually got more elevated and upset and aggressive than with it, uh, with the conversation than I did. And so it was interesting because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm, I'm flashing up, you know, John, John Riley's ace card in my head. And I'm like, okay, I need to take a breath and I need to breathe because this isn't the end of the world. Yes. This guy, this gentleman's being rude. And he, it was so funny too, because one of John's trigger words that he talks out, talks about a lot is don't say, um, to someone when you're trying to deescalate the situation, just calm down. Like that's the phrase. Don't say that. And so the salesperson said that to me and said, just calm down. I'm trying to help you. And I was like, okay, you know, absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, absolutely nothing, <laughs> nothing about de-escalation because otherwise if you did, you wouldn't have just said that to me here I am. I'm trying to help you because you messed up. And so maybe it's, maybe it's God teaching me honestly, and maybe it's just learning through some of these things, but it really stuck out to me this week that, you know, kind of being on the other side of that coin and saying, okay, being prepared, you know, if I was in a church environment and I was interacting with someone, would they want, me to say that to them. And so that's what kind of popped into my head. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. Like nobody likes when, when someone's frustrated with something, no one likes to have someone come to them and say, just calm down. Because when you do that, you're, you're not empathizing. You're actually looking at it and putting a, a lesser value on their concern. And so I started thinking about that and it really kind of changed how, um, you know, the dynamic of me processing information and moving forward and thinking, okay, you know what, maybe, maybe I do use this. Maybe I do use this training far more than I really think about and often give credit, but it really just kind of started looking like in my mind, thinking about it, I started thinking, you know what, we always, we're always planning ahead. We're always looking ahead with, with church safety. We're always looking at next year. What can we train? What can we do, do further down the road? What can we bring our folks to? And to me, when I look at it, it's just like, you know, we need to make sure. And I say this to myself as much as everybody that's listening, but we need to make sure that we're living in the moment with, okay, we received this training. So now how are we applying this training 
in everyday life because you don't just apply it in church. You apply it, you know, outside of church and it can have an impact on your life. It can have a godly impact on what you're doing if you allow it to. And if you embrace that, you know, with grace and, um, with, you know, acknowledgement and that sort of thing. So I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I like to throw that out there and, um, it's, it's just interesting to me, I guess I've never in, in for myself and my, my own brain processing stuff. A lot of times I get into the habit of saying, okay, I'm going to process, like, I'm going to do this training, but this training is for the church, right? It's, you know, it's specifically for my ministry at the church. And oftentimes I just forget that, you know what, it's not just about the church. It's also about you personally and how that impacts you in the decisions that you make. Like, you know, not, you know, we talk about awareness training, you know, when you go and you do awareness training, it teaches you to look around and it teaches you to pay attention to what's going on and what's happening. That's not, not just something that you apply at church. That's something you apply all, you know, all the time everywhere. And if you get into that habit of only applying stuff that you learn in training at church, sometimes that can be kind of detrimental to, you know, what's, what's effectively important. I guess. So. Absolutely. But I will throw it over to you because you wanted to chat about um, something that happened to you as well. And I think it's, I think it's pretty applicable. Yeah. I mean, just throw out kind of anecdotally, uh, I I was not directly on duty at the time, but uh, did get word of uh, a injury, essentially kind of a incident that occurred um, a kid was, uh, involved today trying to chase down a sign as the wind blew it away and took a bad foot on a, on a side slope, uh, slightly there and resulted in a, uh, uh, a broken ankle. Um, so hmm. certainly prayers with, with him and his family as they address that, hopefully it was a clean, clean break, but, uh, it really led to kind of revisiting the fact that, okay, is, is the incident reporting process sound? Do you have solid enough information captured? Um, are, are you and your teams taking the time to capture that information immediately following an incident like that? Was it necessarily fault? No, more of a freak accident. It was, um, somebody helping out and, uh, kind of running, uh, which was not normal necessarily, but kind of reacting to um, the wind and uh, just taking a bad footing. So I think looking at that uh, across the board, it, it, it's could you prevent it? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, depends on on what what was done before that. Why did the sign blow blow away? Maybe it's just the wind. Maybe there was nothing that could be done. But really, the after the fact of capturing a, a good enough documentation about it because it's good to kind of look back at the end of the year as we talk about summer strategy and planning for the next year this is one of those data points that really help you to um, uh, understand the frequency and um, volume of incidents that you have throughout the year so if we uh, look at say uh police, fire, EMS, and and how they look at it, they document every call and they track those calls and they look at calls for service. And those calls for service help drive budgetary projections. 
and they look at, okay, do we have enough officers? Do we have enough firefighters? Do we have enough equipment to support the, the build out or growth of a community? So in a mm-hmm. church setting, it's really the matter of, hey, look at how many you've had. And so that next year, or maybe it's right now, as we talk about summer strategy and what we do, is bringing that incident data forward to the elders, to your um, uh, to a safety committee or to the pastor, um, whatever your structure might look like for your church. And you can clearly document and say, okay, the team responded to this many incidents over the course of the last 12 months. In those, that broke down by this, 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 and this, and, and this is how we handled them. So you can use that as a great way to kind of say, hey, this was higher than we expected. This was lower than we planned up front. We did, do not have the right equipment to respond to this. That's what we learned kind of as a postmortem after, um, yeah. or kind of retrospective after the incident. And you can use that to kind of make your case or justify what you're looking for for the next budget cycle. So the, it's better to say I rather than I want or even I need or you need to give me this. Those don't usually land well. But if you come in with data and you're saying, okay, we documented this, this is what this occurred, and and this is what we need to do. Now, if this was a slip and trip that was inside the facility, and it was caused because of other process or careless, or maybe there's a leak, or maybe any number of reasons, um, we don't tend to have very much ice down here in Texas, so thankfully we don't have to deal with that. But uh, if that had been indoors, maybe you'd have a little bit more learning from it to kind of say, all right, what led to it? And is there anything mm-hmm. we could have done to have prevented it? So just a couple of things kind of when you in experience something that you don't always experience frequently, like a, a, a pretty bad injury enough to send somebody to the hospital, um, it, it causes you to reflect and look at, okay, what are we capturing and are we capturing the right information? Well, and that, that kind of, kind of gives me, uh, two thoughts. The first is that oftentimes in safety and security, we're, we're so focused on what's going on right now in front of us. And that kind of connects back to what, what I was talking about earlier. Um, but oftentimes we're so focused on what's going on in front of us that we don't necessarily see uh, changes within the church itself, or, you know, there, those changes might be more nuanced, but in reality, if our church is growing, maybe we haven't seen that we are responding to more, more incidents because yep. we, you know, again, we get the tunnel vision of showing up every Sunday and we're focused on what's in front of us. And so I think it's extremely helpful to step back and look at that. And um, I think from the beginning of doing, doing this broadcast, Um, I've said, you know, that's, that's how I started with trying to convince and trying to prove to the church leadership that, um, it was necessary and it's not, you know, again, it's one of those things. It's, it's not an overnight fix and it's certainly not, um, something that, that, uh, you necessarily can control because things happen like, like today, the, the incident you were talking about with the boy, is it somebody's fault? Probably not. I mean, accidents happen. It's, it's mitigating, certainly mitigating those and being able to respond and handle them appropriately. In some cases, it's not because, you know, um, 
you know, there were certain things that pre mitigated that or happened to influence those actions and, and cause an accident. But that being said, you know, you could definitely evaluate that situation and say, okay, you know, we have a small budget, we have a trauma bag. Did we have splints? Do we have stuff to adequately treat that? Or have we never had that happen? So we just haven't, you know, we haven't considered maybe those, those tools or that equipment. I mean, that, that can happen as well. Um, but to go back to the point, I mean, we still get just as many thoughts and requests from people. If I had a mailbag and started going through them, I would say probably half of them are, you know, how do I convince, you know, people pouring their hearts out and saying, how do I convince my leadership that having a mm -hmm. team and having a ministry is good? Right. And, you know, or is something that we need. And again, like what you said, Mike, about, um, you know, keeping track of that stuff. If I went up to him and I said, if I went up to leadership and I, I said, well, this just happened and we didn't have a bag, we didn't have a response, we didn't have tools and I did it with that attitude. What is the response going to be? The response is going to be instantly, again, think about it as de-escalating that situation before it even right. happens, right? If I come in with an attitude and I'm like, well, I'm just ticked off because I didn't have what I needed. Somebody got hurt and it's your fault. The instant response, regardless of whose fault it's going to be, the instant response is going to be wall up. I'm ignoring you because I'm the leader, you know, I'm a leader in the church and you're a ministry worker, but you just came in and you presented all of this to me in a way that was directly blaming me for it. And one of the things I've, I've always been very thankful that my church has been very pro having a safety ministry. Um, my lead pastor before my current pastor are 1000% on board with that. And they've certainly been involved with, with CSG. They've been involved in supporting our ministry as well and helping other churches, but you know, not every situation is an instant yes or no, right? There have been times where we've come to disagreements on stuff where the leadership has said, yeah, you know, I just really don't think this is great right now. Like we don't have the resources right now, or maybe we need to wait. And so having that data and being able to say, and when I put it together and I'm happy to work with work through any of this with any church, you know, if you're listening and you're like, I don't know even where to start, I'm happy. In fact, we did a 20 minute video on uh, Google Docs and using um, Google, which is entirely free, setting it up for your church so that you can re record incidents that happen. And then you have a track record of stuff and it does all of the math for you. So you literally go in on the backside of it and you can actually figure out, okay, this year I had a hundred calls. 20% of them went to this 20% went to that. And it gives you that data. And what I would do is I would wait six months. I'd take that data. I'd put it into a spreadsheet and, you know, then I would email it to every elder, every trustee, you know, every staff member, everyone and say, this is what happened in the last six months. And this is, you know, this is what we're seeing. These are trends. You can't, 
you can't lie with data, right? Well, you can if you're CNN, maybe. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Throw them under the bus or Fox News. Not partial to one or the other. But don't send me hate mail, please. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. But your uh, your mute is on at the moment. That's probably a good thing. Maybe I was going to say, be careful. I said, there's, there, there's other podcasts that kind of stray in those directions and kind of, uh, yeah, no, that. I'm I, just, I I'm just, to. I'm being a, I'm being a joker, but I will say, <laughs> you know, okay. So here's the data, like what you said, Mike. And it's like, okay, when I present this now, when I emailed it out, I would say, okay, you know, if you have a question about this data or you have a question about incidents, please feel free to reach out to me and I'm happy to meet with you. I'm happy. So I literally would put everything in their court, but I would say I'm, I'm content meeting with you if you'd like to, to answer any thoughts or, or to explain what we're doing, but this is what we're seeing. This is what's happening. And of course, you know, when we shifted, we went from, and I know like Mike, you've heard me talk talk about this before, but when we shifted, we went from 80% medical, which pushed me to say, Hey, we need like the church needs to do a capital expense. We need an AED because 80% of what we respond to, which is to averages out to be two, two incidents per Sunday because of our church growth directly connected to that. We need an AED and we needed a capital expense for that. You know what? When that email went out, I'm not even joking, two, less than two weeks later, one of the trustees went out and bought an AED and said, we can appropriate money for this because of what you said. And they came yep. to me and they gave it to me and they're like, here you go. And I was not expecting that at all. And I'm like, oh my goodness, why are you doing this? And one of the trustees said to me, it's because you like you compile the information, but you do a good job and you're thorough and we don't have questions. We know those resources are needed and that you use them well and you're a good steward of them. And so it sets that precedent of, you know, what, you know, Jared's, what Jared calls relational equity. And we, we've talked about that before, but it sets that tone in that relationship to say, this is something that's needed. We have a good relationship. This is why it's needed. And make your case. You're honestly, as frustrating as it might be sometimes, you're no different than any other ministry in some occasions coming to leadership and saying, we need more. We need more resources. We need more this. We need more that. Yes, we know that oftentimes, um, you know, safety and security is more involved than most ministries in the church. But at the same time, from a leadership perspective, there are other things, there are other components in the church that are just as important, like outreach, ministry, um, homeless ministry in some cases, you know, just different music, worship. So when a pastor looks at it, oftentimes they look at everything as being equal. And so while some may have different varieties of importance, when we look at it and when we, when we approach it, oftentimes we get ahead of ourselves and we approach it like this is the most important because maybe it impacts and directly affects the most people. But at the same time, you know, if you're, if your worship on Sunday 
uses a piano and the piano breaks, that's a capital expense. That's not something that they're usually prepared for. So that in that situation, you're going to them and saying, Hey, we need an AED that needs to be a priority. But at the same time, you know, the worship leaders going to them saying, look, we, we need a piano or a keyboard. Otherwise we're not going to have music on Sunday. So, you know, there's constantly pros and cons. There's constantly weighing. Um, but, you know, I guarantee there's not another ministry in your, in your church that analyzes data or has the potential to necessarily analyze data like you do with setting up, you know, some type of incident form or just keeping track of what's happening and then being able to go back and say, look, in six months, this is what happened. And, um, you know, this is, this is why we need to do this or that because this is what's been happening. It's much better to start from a position of hey, data because data tends, it, it's lacking emotion. And when emotion comes in, when they, when you're going to bring your own personal biases to, hey, you're going to be passionate about your own ministry. You're going to be uh, excited and want to encourage the attention and urgency to be equal to what you have. But that's Absolutely. not always going to be the case. So you got to be careful that, A, you go in right off the beginning is you don't want to be interrupting them or others that you might be talking about. You don't want to uh, get defensive because it, it's very easy to get on your back heels, if you will, and get defensive very quick. You want to make sure it's clear and concise. You're not complicating your message. You're just going forward with uh, key data and make sure that by keeping your emotion out of it and you're focused on very specific details, what are your objectives? What are you trying to accomplish? What occurred last year? How did you respond? What did that mean? Are you short on this? Are you short on that? It, 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 it'll tend to keep you from shouting. It'll tend to keep you from away from the negative body language that you could start uh, putting out there. And all of those things are, are important in trying to reach the decision makers, whether that is a team, whether that's elders or whether that's your pastor. I mean, yeah. at, at the end of the day, you, the last thing also you should do is not do is don't text message your pastor about your budget because it's not, it's not going to be a good conversation. You're, you're probably catching them at a bad time and you're already kind of in, interrupting their space. So plan for a time when you're going to sit down with them and make sure it's very deliberate. You know, one of the, and, and that's an excellent point. And, and I will say with budget planning and especially if you're trying to push towards having a budget, certainly less is more. And you have to realize that, um, and one of the things that uh, meant the most to me of any anything that ha has happened in, and I still remember the day it happened in 17, now 17 plus years of doing church safety and, and um, trying to plan a budget every year and trying to, to constantly, I was, <laughs> I was scrapping. I'm like, what? can I get something, you know, can I get a budget? I need some of this. I need some ice packs. Can I do this? Can I do that? And everybody just laughs at me. But the, one of the most important things that ever happened to me was on, on, on a Sunday evening, we had a budget meeting and it, the church was actually called in every year. The church gets called in 
to to basically vote on the next year's operating budget that's in the church yeah. constitution and so i remember sitting there and the pastor going through line items of hey this is what we're doing this is what we're spending this is why we're spending it this is where this is going and everything and um you know now obviously our our church has grown so they don't item you know they don't line item everything it's like hey this goes in here this it's more generalized but the sunday that the first Sunday ever that he said, and this goes to the church safety and security team and ministry. I was about walking on cloud 20 because I'm sitting there. And that was an acknowledgement to the entire church that we were a ministry and that we were important because we didn't even have a budget, but he actually said, you know what? He, he had come to me and he said, I'm kind of getting tired of, of, getting hit with stuff left and right, it's important. Like we need stuff, but he's like, I don't want to be caught off guard. Like let's right. plan. So here's $300. Here's $400 a year. What can we do with this? What, you know, how can we move forward? And I'll tell you, I mean, that was like a million bucks, like sitting in church yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, he says, well, this ministry is a line item and they're getting this because we have to take care of stuff. And so that gradually went into, you know, me trying to think through like, how, how can I help them? Like they're constantly doing crunching numbers. The pastors are the leaders, but you know what, this stuff isn't bad. It's just, maybe it falls into a different priority. So what I started doing is I would put down the bare minimum of, Hey, I've researched this in eight different companies. This is the cheapest. This is the best price for us being a good steward of the money. And then on the other side of the list, I would put down like, Hey, um, you know what? We're going to have to replace our radio soon. Maybe could we set aside $500 this year for communication for adding another 500 next year, but in three years time, we'll have $1,500 and that's enough to purchase a set of radios to replace what we have now. On that note, I think it specifically for a larger expenditure like that of replacing radios, um, it's better to treat that less like a, oh, every couple of years we have this big hit. You're better exactly. off putting into your budget numbers and ask that says, here's, we're putting this, we're earmarking this aside towards a certain number of our radios potentially either needing maintenance or some level of replacement. Yep. And so if you're, you need to be that steward and plan for it over time as a, you're consuming it. In other words, it's, right. it's not, it's kind of an asset, but it's not quite an asset in the, that it's going to actually age the technology. It can wear out. So you need to look at what your operational costs of ownership are for that and what that replacement may look like. So planning for that future replacement by saying, what is the likely life of this asset, of this uh, item that we tend to consume? Or if we're consuming something, what is what is that span of time that you tend to consume it over? When am I now reached a point mm -hmm. of no return that I may now have an expenditure? Because that then gets ahead of that planning, gets ahead of that um, uh, last minute, oh, shoot, we didn't think of that. And it gets you into a situation yeah. where now you're proactive. Well, and the other, the other piece of that, and that's a, that's an excellent point. The other piece of it is it throws out information that people, multiple hands see multiple ask most multiple people see, 
and they might not have known about it. So in other words, you're, you have a security camera system in your church that goes back to either the cloud or it records back to the cloud or maybe records to a DVR for, for 15 plus years, we had a DVR before our system, our internet system in the church was strong enough to switch over to the cloud. But I, I can tell you those DVRs, I would duct tape them every year because I was always working on them, always trying to fix something. And I started listing those. I'm like, look, in two years, the technology is going to be gone. Like this isn't even going to be usable for what everybody wants to use them for. Plus they're falling apart. Like the, they're literally, they can't handle our infrastructure of growth because we've added on a building and we've done this and we've done that, but it's just not, those are just not powerful enough. And you know, what was amazing to me is because by the time we got to that point, when I turned it in, the pastor looked at it and he said, Hey, he said, you've never said that we were having issues with the DVRs. And I said, well, I said, every Sunday, I feel like I'm having a hard reset. them, trying to fix it, trying to rewire something. And I said, it's really getting to the point where we're investing too much time and resources into this because it's costing us too much. Like every Sunday I'm, I've got to pull my focus away. And I said, I'd like to start a plan. I'd like to get a plan in here where we don't have to spend, you know, two or $3,000 on this today, but maybe in the next two or three years, we could set aside or put, put away, you know, $500 a year. And in two years I know, and that encourages me, it's not, we're replacing it right now, but right. it's like that encourages me to know there's a plan and that down the road, um, you know, the, the craziness of it is that that motivation of coming to them and saying, look, you know, this is what's going on. This is what I'm thinking. This is why I'm thinking about it because I was at that point, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Like I'm just being chill about it. I didn't like go into their office and like point a finger and be like, you need to buy us a new DVR. I'm like, look, th it's wearing out stuff wears out this, this machinery, this computer's on 24 seven. If you have it operating, you know, something else operating like that, it's going to wear out. And what I found honestly over time was that they would look at that and they would say, you know what? Hey, he's right. It's wearing out. It's not running like it should. Maybe we should replace that sooner. And I'm telling you, like in more times than not, the church, like the leaders in the church would come back to me and they would say, you know what? You asked for this next year. Well, someone donated money for a capital expense, and we think that this is important. So we've bumped your request up to the highest level. We're going to do that this year. And towards the end, as I stepped down and, and started getting involved with the church plant, that was all the time. Like they would come and they'd be like, you know, we've got to do this, but you know, we appreciate you keeping an eye out and trying to be a good steward. We need to fix this. Let's move it. Let's shift priorities. So when you have that attitude, when you have the, the ability and the willingness to uh, be calm and interactive and support it with data and move forward, it really over time, it's again, it's not something that happens overnight often, but over time, it's something that can develop the relationship to the point where 
you know, it is encouraging and it is more of an interactive team effort to accomplish the same, you know, the same thing. Those, yeah. those folks aren't intentionally sitting there and, and even if they don't like, you know, even if you've got leadership folks that don't like safety and security, I guarantee they're not sitting there saying, oh, I'm going to stick it to safety and security this week. I just don't like those guys. Those guys are jerks and all this other stuff. They're not doing that. They might not look at it as as a high of a priority, but you're still a ministry and they're still looking at it like, hey, you know what? That's nah, probably not as important. We're fine. Maybe nothing will ever happen here. But the truth of it is, if you can take that data and you can show them and prove to them that stuff does happen, and it happens quite regularly for most churches, then, and that's just the nonviolent stuff that you record. Statistically, you know, violence in churches, um, what is it, two incidents a day? in churches across the U S for 40% of them reporting to the FBI statistically. So, and we know that happens more than it's more than two incidents per church per Sunday across the U S because it is only 40% of law enforcement and churches reporting. So that data, again, stuff happens all the time. So if somebody is saying, well, it doesn't taking the data and going to them and saying, look, this is what the data says. This is what we're doing. Um, that oftentimes can really prove, prove a point in a non-aggressive way. Absolutely. And, and all that goes in, I mean, tying, tying off on that topic is really, um, documenting. I talk about summer strategy because it, it kind of is a good thought process of saying, all right, don't just wait until you're in the middle of Christmas season when we know we all <laughs> sure. get busy and we all take time off and, and family and everything else. That's why bring it forward, use that kind of summer time. And I realize we're kind of wrapping that summer period, but it's a good time to think about strategy, think about summer, think about strategy and, and use that to cast that vision for that next year. So it's, and not just thinking about that year, when you're talking about assets and consumables, you want to plot that out as to what you think your, again, your burn rate is for those things. So, mm -hmm. and then when you're doing any sort of annual report or you're going back to a board or, or to the pastor or whatever for an ask, you want to be able to kind of report on, hey, these this is the equipment we own. This is how old all of them are. In other words, we're starting to reach the greater than 50% mark on our radios, on our cameras, on our DVRs, on you name it, pick, pick something. Um, looking at the maintenance work that you have to plan and plot out for the uh, making sure the the like batteries and things like that for AEDs etc. Um, sure. Uh, even the pads themselves so they don't dry out and, and get to a point where you can't use them. I mean, I know we've seen that on a few church walks. Um, sure. Uh, where they're two years old <laughs> uh, and and nobody's touched it and there's dust everywhere and it's barely even cleaned, let alone updated. But anyhow, going into that fourth strategy, this is your opportunity to start planning early, not get caught up on it and saying, oh, uh, shoot, now it's already January and now you're kind of behind that. But really keep in mind that, you know what, going into a year without a plan is really a plan to fail. So what are your objectives? What are your strategies to achieve those objectives? What are your are, what are your goals? that you're going to set specifically around that, that you want to ultimately achieve to help you get to those objectives. And then finally, um, what are the measures? 
How are you going to tell that you're actually on track, off track, et cetera? And what is your mechanism to go back to a pastor, back to a board mid-year if your anticipation or your estimation or your calculations were off? Um, leave yourself an out. Create that opportunity to kind of come back and say, hey, we're going to revisit this quarterly and we're going to look at this on a regular basis. If you don't have a planning worksheet for your 2024 started, now's the time to start one. If you, whether you have staff or not staff, whether you have specific admin costs or things and, and printing that you may have to deal with that may or may not go through the regular budget cost, if you have to go get that done yourself, um, any direct ministry costs for, for operating your safety and security ministry. Again, we've, we've hit equipment pretty heavily tonight. What about fuel or transportation? Are there times where you have to go to a retreat or go to uh, kind of training. shadow a kid's event or do a training? What sort of yeah. that are you factoring that in? Is it all expected to be on own or is there going to be some sort of ask for reimbursement? Well, rather than hitting the general budget at that point, why not anticipate that and mention it up front uh, and sure. bring that into your budget? Uh, training costs, you, you hit those and then really extra spending. I mean, if you're going to need to bring in a, a police detail and you don't normally have one, like for mm -hmm. Christmas Eve or whatever it might be, well, maybe that should flow through the safety and security budget. And that way you're showing it as something that's still providing for the safety and security of your church, but it's a, it's a one-time expense. It's two times, three times a year. Bring that in and then also make sure you're not uh, missing out on the miscellaneous things that can add up signage, locks, sure. cameras, other equipment, etc. And even to make sure that going into it, plan for inflation. If you have certain annual costs, plan for a certain level of inflation in your budget ask right up front so you're not caught going back realizing I under budgeted because uh, we had 8% in, in inflation over the last couple of quarters. So adjust. And that. that's, yeah. And you know, one of the other things too, I, I always like to throw in there was, is, is there a way, and I would go, I would go to church leaders and I would say, is there a way that maybe we can do something to thank people for serving at Christmas time, like between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, is there something small, like, do we have the resources? And this was by, and they always yeah. laughed at me when I would say this, but I would go and I would say, do we have the resources to to provide a small gift for those serving in the ministry for this or Christmas dinner or something, at least for those. Yeah, that are serving and so oftentimes much. they look at me and they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, if I, I've got 20, 25, 30 people, I've got 30 people. If I can find a Christmas gift for $5 a person, is that okay? Like, can I buy that? Can we swing that? And that's $150, but the value of that is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, because everybody likes it. I, one year I went to Sam's club, I found they were selling mugs, um, really nice steel coffee mugs on sale and they were on clearance, right? The mugs came to like $3 a piece for a 12 ounce steel mug. I went and I had some labels printed for the safety team, stuck the label on there. I'm telling you that was probably 12 years ago. And I still have like to this day, when I walk into my old church, there are guys walking around with those coffee mugs, yep. like they still have them and it meant the world to them. And that's, that's nothing. That's not small something ounce that's, of recognition. Exactly. Yep. So 
from that standpoint, you know, that's, that's just a simple thing. And I, I mean, I'm telling you more often than not, you know, if you, if you approach it in that way, oftentimes the, the church leaders are very flexible and understanding. And yes, we want to thank people, you know, I, and oftentimes I would say like, Hey, we haven't done anything for, for them in a long time. Maybe let's do a dinner. Like everybody bring a pot, a potluck and the church covers, you know, soda and <laughs> dessert yep. or something like that. So there's, there's certainly a lot of different things like that. And there's no one, obviously there's no one, you know, golden ticket answer, but at the same time, be creative and even going to like the pastor and saying, you know, this year has been a really rough year. We've we had a couple of those where we had this happen and this happen. Maybe we could do a, a, a fellowship meal or maybe we could do something just to thank people. Is that like, is that okay? And I, I mean, I'm telling you, they usually their, their ministry cap comes on or hospitality and they're like, yeah, you know, let's, let's try and figure out if we do, maybe it's just a barbecue. Maybe we go <laughs> grab pizza and go shooting or something as a team, but doing those things provide invaluable uh, engagement and motivational uh, points for your team. And, you know, you're presenting, whether you always a hundred percent agree with them or not, you're presenting the, the church and the church leadership in a positive way. That's blessing them, blessing you and shows that you're not frustrated with, with them. Because when you are frustrated, trust me. And I mean, I know this more than anybody else because I did it. When you're frustrated with the church leaders because of this topic and something like this, everybody in the world knows that you're frustrated and you're a leader in a, in a ministry led position. And they know that you don't like that. And that's like one of the most detrimental things because they will start picking up your habits of, of being upset and frustrated because they feel like the leaders don't care. And that's not, it's not helpful to the ministry. It's not helpful in supporting the mission of the church. And at the end of the day, it's, it just creates a, a very bitter culture that needs to be changed and, and needs to be addressed to, to have a successful ministry for sure. But Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. We're kind of out of time, but uh, next, next week we're going to be back with you all. And uh, we'll have uh, Jared Tesloff will actually be on with us again. He's uh, coming off the summer break with his real stories of church safety and security that's coming back. So he'll be on in uh, with a special guest and you certainly, you won't want to miss that, but uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And again, as always, uh, if we can help you or your ministry, please feel free to reach out to us through uh, our website, churchsafetyguys.com, or uh, you can reach out to us through the church security app on Google or iOS platforms. Um, as always, click like, uh, feel free to comment, share uh, with your team and um, consider again, consider uh, maybe donating uh, if you can, or purchase a resource that helps us out tremendously and uh, covers the cost of resources for other churches. And typically, you know, we talk to probably five or six churches a week where we're like, hey, I'm going <laughs> to, they're, maybe they're struggling with something and we're, we'll say, okay, you know what? 
you're struggling with this, I'm going to send you a copy of this resource or this book or do this or that. And oftentimes, uh, the only way that we can do that is through, uh, your support and, and helping us out, uh, as well. So until next time, take care, have a great week. God bless. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast, brought to you by Vigilant Impact. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback and interaction. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams, join the discussion online, and connect with us on social media or at our website at churchsafetyguys.com. For other great ministry resources, download the Church Security app. Remember, keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and semper disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.